Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. From curse to catalyst. Parshat Bechukotai begins with an abundance of blessing, not only material blessing, but psychological blessing as well. Your threshing shall overtake the vintage. Your vintage shall overtake the sowing. You shall eat your fill of bread and dwell securely in your land. Not only will we always have the food we need, we will feel secure about future blessing. God knows that it isn't enough for people to have what they need in the moment. Anxiety begins when we are scared about what is coming next. As we read these words this year, It comes on the backdrop of real concerns about food shortages and safety due to climate crisis and war. For some, these fears may be for the future, while for others, these are already very present fears. The curses of Bechukotai resonate, and we can point to various human failures that have contributed to this reality, reasons for God to be angry at us. At face value, the message of Bechukotai is to turn our fear into guilt, and for that guilt to motivate better behavior to follow divine guidance, and become more resolute and responsible in our practice of mitzvot. Perhaps there is some efficacy in the fear and guilt that undergird the curses, as we reach for a sense of control and agency. If I only follow the rules better, the logic goes, then I can make this curse go away. But severe problems are hardly so simple in reality, as we face what is not a nightmarish prediction of a curse, but a harsh reality of uncertainty about sustainability and abundance, the punishment and guilt model might not serve us well. It isn't helpful to wring our hands and beat our breasts. Instead of God angrily yelling at us and inflicting destruction, we can think of ourselves as staring these problems in the face with God. First, this requires a more complex emotional theology instead of a simplistic picture of an angry God. In defiance of the image of an angry and punishing God, Midrash teaches that God is with us in times of trouble. Rabbi Ruvain said, Were it not written, it would be impossible to say, as it were, For God is judged in fire. God judges is not written here, but rather is judged. This is what David meant through divine inspiration. Even as I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil, for you are with me. Gam Lo imadi. Moving beyond the God of the curses, who angrily sends us into exile and remains far away, God in this Midrash is with us in exile, even in exile that might feel like hell. In this picture, God becomes softer and more vulnerable, attuned to our distress, rather than vengefully inflicting it. God, too, is distressed, feeling our pain, in the words of another Midrash. Yes, We need to be very aware of God's disappointment, but instead of being crushed by God's anger, we are fortified by God's sympathy. As huge as this shift in emotional theology is, it is not enough to pivot our approach to the curses of Bechukotai. God needs to be with us, not just to wallow in our misery or lend a shoulder to cry on, so to speak. This doesn't do what it takes to confront the challenges we face. Throughout Vayikra, we have been amplifying the importance of a mutual intimacy in our relationship with God. It is this kind of trusting relationship 
that is the theological bedrock to address what might feel like the punishments and curses in our world. Even as God doesn't magically swoop in to rescue us, our interface with God needs to nourish the generativity and creativity that can help us find pathways forward. What does it look like for our relationship with God and with Torah to nurture our ability to rise to the challenges of our moment, rather than reinforce a sense of guilt and inadequacy? A Midrash in Eicha Rabbah offers a window into what that could look like as a reading of Bechukotai. Eicha, the Book of Lamentations, presents the scene of standing in the midst of destruction. And we might have expected an I told you so theology, where Midrash would intertextually juxtapose the outcomes in Eicha with their predictions in the curses of the Torah. You should have listened. You didn't. You suffered. Instead, each lament is paired with a verse that reminds us of the beauty of what could have been. Rabbi Yitzchak expounded, Since you did not serve the Lord your God out of joy and a merry heart and abundance of everything, you will serve your enemies in hunger and thirst, naked and lacking everything. If you had merited, you would be reading in the Torah, you shall dwell securely. Now that you haven't merited, you are reading Judah has been exiled due to affliction. You can see that what this Midrash does is take a verse in Eicha, Judah has been exiled due to affliction, and juxtapose it with a similar but opposite theme from our Parsha Bechukotai, you shall dwell securely. Ironically, even as the purported goal of this Midrash is to scold us for disobedience, the effect of the Midrash is to find our way back from lament into promises of hope and blessing. It draws our attention to the blessings of Bechugotai rather than the curses that predicted the negative outcomes. By steadfastly focusing on verses of blessing, the Midrash insists that things could have gone a different way and by implication suggests that things still could go a different way. So the Midrash asserts that we are reading the Lamentations and not reading the verses of Torah that describe hopeful blessing. It ends up doing the work of bringing our focus and attention to the possibility of blessing. We may indeed be sitting in the midst of things gone wrong, but our interface with Torah and God pulls us back into imagining and reimagining a different reality together. As we anxiously wonder about future harvests and distribution, it is certainly important to notice the human failures that contribute to what can feel like a present and looming curse. But we don't need a relationship with God to exacerbate our already existing lament and to linger in guilt. Throughout Vayikra, God beckons us close into the Mikdash with whatever guilt and anxiety we may be carrying. God wants us to be part of a relationship of intimacy and trust. Only this kind of relationship with God, rather than fear of a punishing God, and only this kind of relationship with people, rather than hierarchies of fear and violence, will allow us to cultivate the creativity we need to address the real problems of our moment. I'm going to close with a melody by Linda Hirschhorn. Berries ripen slowly on the vine sunshine and water over time early fruit is bitter 
But don't wait for it to fall Or you may not get any at all Sweet berries, sweet berries, sweet This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.